Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett. And today's guest is Tanya Taylor. Tanya is the founder of Growing Professionals and Small Business Owners How to Build a Six to Seven Figure Retirement by Learning How Money Works. She's a CPA and holds an MBA in Strategic Management. Tanya has spent her entire career on Wall Street working for or overseeing some of the largest banks and insurance companies worldwide. She has also spent the past 20 plus years teaching financial literacy. As an undocumented immigrant arriving in America alone at the age of 16 and seeing many people living paycheck to paycheck, she was committed to changing her life. Despite many obstacles, by age 25, she graduated college debt-free, bought a house, and was part owner in a small business. She later co-founded and ran a successful investment club and a children's financial education club and started a tax practice with her husband. I'm exhausted just reading this. She also has been to 50 plus countries in 30 states. Tanya, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Looking forward to our conversation. Let's dig in. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. But again, sometimes people think you need to have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money then I was put in $50 a month, which really is $600 a year. It's, it wasn't a ton of money. Now, when my children were born and you keep hearing about all this college cost, what I did is I said, okay, I would like my children to go to any college of their choosing and never have to think about money. So what would I need to be able to do that? And so I decided that $250,000 per year per child is what I want. So I want to save 500000 by the time they get to 18. And that goal never left my mind. So even though I was putting $50 a month as my income increased, or if I got a bonus or something, I would start trying to put more. But I think more important than the amount that I put was the strategies that I implemented because I didn't have a ton of money to put. I want to travel. I want to do all sorts of stuff with my children. And I did. I traveled with my children a lot. They've been to over 30 countries. What I did was I had learned to invest. And so I use that strategy wisely. I invested in companies long-term. I didn't take a lot of risk and I didn't do a lot of buying and selling. I just invested long-term. I held on to certain companies like Apple. I probably made about $170,000 in just Apple stock alone. Over time, last year, actually, probably last summer, their portfolio was about $630,000. So I surpassed my goal of reaching the five hundred thousand. And I always kept that in mind. Every time I did my investment, every time I saved, I thought I got to get to 500,000 and I got to get to it by 2023, maybe later because my younger one has a couple more years, but that was what was in my head. And so I just planned towards that and it just remained consistent. Again, for listeners, it started with $50. It didn't start with a lot, but I think learning, getting the education to know how to 
invest is important because if you're putting it in a savings account, you're not going to get that kind of money. It really is going to come down to investing and using the right strategies in order to be able to do that. And they are expected to get scholarships, by the way. Right now I'm talking to my daughter and it's, okay, let's look at what scholarships are available because I believe in building generational wealth and I would like that money to be able to help them later on in life, not just now. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the types of college fund savings there are in terms of investments that you can make that may actually offset some taxes. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you may have utilized it or maybe not? So when I started out, I didn't do 529 plans because they can be used against you in some respects, even though you get the tax benefits and I think they're great and I do have them. But when I initially started, I was like, I'm not doing 529 plans. I really just had a regular brokerage account that I was using. I also used a Coverdell account and Coverdell account provides you with some tax benefits because you don't have to pay the taxes on the gain, et cetera, right away. And then the same thing with the 529 plan. And if for the 529 plan as well, if you pull the money out and use it for college expenses, you also do not have to pay taxes. So it's a great benefit. But depending on your income and how much assets that you have, sometimes it really comes down to it doesn't matter if you have a 529 plan or not. So when I started out saying, okay, I don't want a 529 plan because they're going to use it against me. Eventually I realized that it doesn't matter if I have a 529 plan or not, just the fact that I have all of these different assets, they're going to be looking at it anyway. So why not put money in and get the tax benefits? So then I started to do that and I get the tax benefits because the state of New York, you put up to $10,000 and you're going to get benefits on your tax return annually. And of course, when they pull the money out, they're not going to be taxed on it. So I would say utilize the different tax advantage plans if you can. And also, if you max that out, just use also the regular brokerage account as well. But to the extent that you can use those accounts, understand though, if you're going to be penalized or not, because if you don't have a lot of assets, you could potentially be penalized with the 529 plan. So that's why you also have to really sit and strategize around what you can use and what you cannot use. I also used whole life insurance as well, because when my children were born, I decided that was like a no brainer for me to get them insurance. And so it builds cash value and you can also use that cash value as well. So there are different techniques that people can use in order to put money away for college. Kudos to you to have the forethought with the investment club to use your account to start to actually pre-fund college and get it really started for your children's education. I talk to people who have aspirations for their children to go to college. This is the one thing that I've never agreed upon and maybe you can open my eyes to it. They will actually invest in a college fund before they invest in their own retirement. Don't think that's a great idea because it is true that you don't want your children to have to pay for college. But one of the things that worries me about this generation is that a lot of people are in a panic because they will not have enough for retirement. And while it's important to invest for your children for college, your retirement is also is to me is more important because your children could go to college and get a great job and be able to pay off their student loan. When you get to retirement, if you cannot come up with the money that you need to have proper housing or be able to live your day-to-day life, that becomes a problem and it becomes stressful and you're older and you get sick. It's just too many variables. If I'm advising a client who is saying, I'm going to save for my children college and I'm not putting away for retirement, we're going to sit down and do the math and figure out, okay, what are you going to have when you retire and how are you going to manage? And the hope is that your child will help you if you get to that age and you don't have enough, but you can't count on that. You feel like 
again, I don't feel like you want to put that on your child. Okay, I've paid for college, so they need to help me. I think that you save for retirement. You see what you can do for college. And even as you save for retirement, once you get to that place, you may find money in your retirement that you could use to help your child if you need to. So it doesn't have to be like, I have to do this way. Because once you get to a certain age, and then if you have a Roth IRA, there's money you can actually pull out of your Roth. Again, it would be depending on how much you have based on your goals. But if you surpassed your goals, or you feel like you're going to be close to where your goals are, or your lifestyle change, maybe you move somewhere else, and it's not going to cost you as much, then you could always pull from that to help your child. But it's just like when you get on an airplane, and they say you got to put the oxygen mask on first. That makes Things, a lot of sense. Like for me, I've always maxed out my growing and I had set my goal for my retirement plan as well. And so that always took primary focus, even when I didn't take a lot of time off from my children, like even put in $50, I always put even a minimum of 50. But if I couldn't put more than the 50, I never stopped maxing out my retirement plan because I knew what I wanted my retirement to look like. I want to have the option to retire much earlier. You've actually done a lot of what you set out to do. So you hit your goals for sure. I want to talk a little bit about those who are thinking about starting a new chapter, thinking about going into business, or maybe they might already be in business. What kind of conversations do you have with those professionals or small business owners as it relates to how they can perhaps declare some specific financial goals and reach them? Yeah, that's a great question because for me, this is where I am in my life too, like leaving the corporate world and doing this financial coaching full time. And before I could have even gotten to that place and is going to have their different ideas of what that looks like, it's really going to come down to how comfortable you are with what you're doing. Because if you're someone who you're not making a lot of money and you feel like leaving the workforce and going full-time as an entrepreneur into a business that's very viable, you always want to make sure that you have at least three to six months. There is just, I don't care how much you make or how viable you think the business is, right? Unless you're getting kicked out of the job, you want to try to have something to hold on to so that as you're doing this business, you're not in this deep stress about, oh my God, where's the next dollar going to come from? But create a plan. Just like how if you're going into business and you need to go to a bank and you need to have a business plan for your own goals and what you're looking to do, coming out of working for someone and starting your business, you have to set some goals, set some timelines about what you want to achieve. Obviously, it's not written in stone. So if you say, I want to make $100,000 a month in the next six months, that doesn't always make sense. But what is your baseline? Can I survive on this when I leave and for how long? And then start working towards that. I would say don't just leave and say, okay, I'm just going to leave and I'm going to start doing this without having some kind of plan in place about how you're going to do it. And then as you put the plan in place, make sure that you have milestones and see how you're measuring yourself against your milestones as well. So you're saying three to six months of your living expenses? I'm very risk averse. So for me, it's more than six, but even six to 12, generally you hear like the emergency fund three to six months. So that's why I use that number, but you definitely want to make sure that you have some kind of cushion and something else to fall back on. I know sometimes people will say, if you have stuff to fall back on, then you're preparing yourself to fail or 
but we live in a real world as well. And as much as some people go out there and they launch and they make money, there's also some that go out there and they launch and they stumble and they have to learn and they stumble again. If you launch and everything goes well, that's great. You have that money sitting there. So I would say, yeah, three to six months. But for me, who is ultra conservative, more than six months. For many, that would make a lot of sense. And what makes a lot of sense to me is having an understanding of what your budget needs to look like, your living budget, your real budget, how much is your mortgage or your rent and your car oh. your insurance and having a knowledge of it. Yes, I didn't say that because sometimes things are just so automatic in my head. But yes, because you should have a budget. You should know how much each month expense is for absolutely sure. And then with starting a new business, there are generally added costs that you're going to build on when you're in startup. So you want to have a budget for that too. And look at what your total cost is going to be. You must have budget and know how much you're going to be spending. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's no joke. Entrepreneurism is no joke. I used to tell my students when I was coaching them. You can't cheat the grind. You can't cheat it. You just can't. You have to do the work. Hopefully those who are looking to make a transition from being a professional, working for someone else or working in the corporate environment into the entrepreneurial space as a small business owner or business owner, it's going to be day in, day out. Yes. And even when you think, because I work in the corporate world, I've helped large company restructure, look inside out in their systems and everything and help them to figure out what's wrong, what are the inefficiencies, what they need to do better. But starting out as a small business, it's a wake up call. Then you hit these different things and it becomes a learning curve. And certain things that you took for granted, suddenly when you're in the weeds, you realize, oh, wow, okay, reality check. So part of what I do in my coaching business tool, I tell all my clients when they come in, if you have a job, great. And if you don't want to leave your job now, that's also great. But if you're talking about wealth and looking beyond wealth, then within my program, I teach them how to set up their business as a CPN, as someone who's worked in a tax practice with my husband for like almost 20 years, probably more. Tax planning is very crucial. And a lot of people don't realize like when you're starting out, tax planning is so critical. The way you set up your business is so cool. Things that you put in place, I guess the engine to run your business is so critical. And so those are the things that I also talk to my clients about as they're looking to go into business, just making sure that they set up all those pieces correctly and that they have the tax planning strategies in place because that could save you hundreds of thousands of dollars over time. And also the bookkeeping piece, Like, how do you do that to make sure that you are really on the pulse of what's happening in your business? So at the end of the year, when you go to your tax person, you're not running all over the place or you have 15 million different receipts and things like that. So I also work with my client and provide them with a system to be able to make sure that they organize all of those things as well. I always say to people, taxes is just something that it's a part of life, but you don't need to pay more than you need to. So always plan so that you don't pay more than you need to keep more money in your pocket. Very good advice. Let's talk about financial freedom. I know a lot of people are after financial freedom and defining what that actually is. Do you find that there's many definitions for financial freedom? Yes, I think for everybody it's different. And so I I don't know that there's just one definition. There might be a dictionary definition. For me, I could speak personal. Like for me, financial freedom is where I feel that I'm well prepared so I don't have to worry about my day-to-day expenses for the rest of my life. And then I can work from anywhere, which is why I want to do my own business. And I can travel whenever I want. I could buy whatever I want, even if I choose not to buy it. And 
for me, it goes beyond that though, because if it's just for me, it's not enough. Financial freedom also means preparing this generation. So my children and my children's children so that they don't have to worry about money going forward. And so that's also education. It's not just handing them off inheritance and saying, oh, here, but leaving some kind of legacy so that it could learn how to manage what they're given. There is something to the reality of helping the generation behind you understand not really the struggle, but the path that it will take for them to level up and continue to level up. What does financial freedom look like? Because financial freedom might be that they're able to go through retirement and not have to worry about money. It's so many different things to so many different people. And even with my clients, I have them define it for themselves. What does financial freedom look like to you? So I wanted to ask you, with the successes that you've had, what kind of impact or influence has that had on your family? Great question. The other day, my children and I were in Guatemala and my daughter was like, mommy, you have just influenced the whole family. So even something as simple as traveling, for me, I just wanted to see the world. And for my family now, everybody wants to travel. So that's the recreational side. But the financial side, I would say just nieces and nephews or other family members. So Weeble House is pretty young. We're some of the first homeowners. You saw them, they go out and buy houses. I teach about investing. So now even my nieces and nephews who are 19, 20, 21, they're investing now. They talk about not wanting to work till they're 60 because they want to build wealth. They'll come to my husband. He's like a family tax person. And just talk about how they could make their money work so that they can do certain things. Then for my nieces and nephews who are younger, I see them doing the travels, but more importantly, I see them saving. They'll text me, oh, the stock market is this, the stock market is that. So they're investing. That's not something that was normal for us growing up. And to see them being able to do this, one of them is in South Africa doing a one-year program. And if you talk to them, they'll talk a lot about how I've influenced them in just not necessarily the career they choose, but how they go about their career and how they go about choosing colleges and starting to invest now, starting to think of buying homes or living abroad or doing all of these different things. And certain things that they do because it's just become natural conversation within the family. That's exactly what I wanted to hear because you have made such great inroads and you've accomplished a hell of a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful thing. Let's talk a little bit about what's next for you as you continue on in this chapter of your life and experience the things that are happening almost organically. What's next for you? What are you working on and what would you like our listeners to know about you? Sure. Oh my God. I have big dreams. I feel like my dreams are just beginning to burst to light, but my goal really is to transform the lives of a minimum of 1 million women. In particular, I do work with women and men, but I want women to know that they can do anything. I want women to know that they can build wealth. And I don't want them to think that maybe because right now they have bad credit or they're in debt or they don't have any savings that they cannot do it because they can. There are so many different things that they can do. And so right now I'm transitioning from corporate America into fully doing my own business because I was doing this as a side thing, but I've always known my calling to be to teach people personal finance and to teach people to build wealth. But I took a pause because I needed to spend time raising my children. And I knew that once I got to that point, I had 
goals to build my retirement by 45 to a million. I was able to do that at 48, build my children's retirement. And so now that I've done that, I feel like my time is to teach people how to be able to do that and to be able to do that by investing, by creating businesses. And so the program that I have created, it teaches people from beginning the foundation. You have bad credit debt and you don't have a budget. Let's start. And then you're going to learn how to invest. And while you're learning to invest, you're going to build your retirement. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to talk about if you so choose to build the business, how you can go about building that business so that you can 10x your wealth. And so my company is called Grow Your Wealth 10x. And that's the reason why, because a lot of times people will come into my program and they'll just have a job. But by the time they're in for a while, it's okay, maybe I should rent a part of my house. Maybe I should do Airbnb. These are real conversations I'm having with my clients. They can reach me at growyourwealth10x.com. I have a lot of free things on my website as well as my program that can really help to transform someone's life into something that they never imagined it could be. I will put your contact information in the show notes. So again, really appreciate you giving us some of your time today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you from Jamaica. Don't be a stranger. We'll be reaching out to talk to you again in the near future. It was great talking to you. And ever you need to reach out to me again, please feel free to do so. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Wissett at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.